Hi, welcome to season three in the Pictures Out There podcast series. This is chat number 17. Today, Lee and Dave talk about Dave's new book, Ideals Out There. This is part one of a two-part preview of that book. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Thank you, Candy, for that very kind introduction. This is Lee. And this is Dave. Hey, and welcome, everyone, to our Pictures Out There podcast series. We'd like to extend a warm welcome to our present-day audience. Hey, folks. Hey, Dave, how about our audiences years, decades, centuries from now? We love y'all. They're welcome. Our future advanced intelligence audience, alien audience, and as we like to say, our universal audience. So glad to have all of you listening, and thank you for joining us. We begin these conversations with two questions for you to ponder. What are your ideals, and what are your pictures? And Lee, today in this podcast and in the next one, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. The book Ideals Out There, which is a standalone sequel to Pictures Out There, has just come out, and we thought it would be good to just have a more informal, even than we normally do, chat about those books, kind of give our audience a sense of what they're about and how they're laid out. So that's what we're going to be doing today. The book is split into some sections. There's a section about the concept of ideals then a section about pictures, then a section about life tools, Mm -hmm. we call it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk today about ideals and pictures. And then in our next podcast, we're going to talk about life tools and briefly summarize the book. Excellent. So this is our humble work of creativity. I use the word our. I am reflected as the author of the book, but I will tell you the ideas, concepts, The editing, everything about this book is absolutely a we effort, which is even more meaningful to me than having written something. All the people that have influenced the content of the book that have been involved in it directly or indirectly, that is the most meaningful thing to me. I hope that it is a connection of dots, I'll call it, that Mm -hmm. can serve each of us as a guidebook or a handbook to live our best unique lives. It has been decades in the making. We'll talk about that. And it's been really just created by trying to pay attention during the course of life Mm -hmm. about what the simple best answers seem to be, the Mm -hmm. simple actions and the words that life creation and wise people have provided to me and to us over the course of life. And it is now in its book form Uh, A very humble gift to humanity, to all the life forms of creation, to the cosmos, as we talk about on these podcasts. So Ideals Out There evolves and adds to and simplifies the handbook or guidebook for life model that was in pictures out there. Mm -hmm. And if you've read that book, that's great. Okay, If you have not read pictures out there also great you do not need to read that first (laughs) right pick up ideals out there and you're going to see the concepts that were in pictures out there greatly evolved greatly expanded and very proud of this greatly simplified Mm -hmm. so we've actually done something where the concepts are much broader much more fleshed out but the whole structure of how they're put together actually is quite a bit simpler. Yes. And we think that's the best of both. So, Excellent. so anyway, well, let's get started. How, Lee, how did this whole damn thing 
begin? How did you get this idea? Where were you? When were you? And most importantly, who were you? Well, I was a teenager. And that's really amazing to kind of think back on. I was a teenager when the very first concept came up. And I thought it was just this amazing idea that had sprung forward in my head. I've forgotten now how I actually thought of it. Or if it literally did, if I woke up one morning and, right. man, I don't know. I yep. don't remember. Yep. Uh, I called it common uniqueness. And I thought it was this idea that here in my, up to my teenage years, as I had watched people and looked around, it was like, you know, we have so many things in common. Mm-hmm. And yet each one of us is really different. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a great idea. Right. And I had that kind of teenage energy when you think of what you think is a brilliant idea that you think the rest of the world just hasn't they haven't caught up to this they haven't caught up to this (laughs) i haven't gotten this right and i i do have a a very clear memory of talking to my parents about it we were i think i'd been thinking about it for a few days or a few weeks and sat with my parents and said yeah i've got this really great idea and they kind of went okay what i think we're having coffee or something and they listen to me as I explained what it was. And at the end of that, I said, I think at some point in my life, I want to spend a good chunk of my life or the rest of my life trying to make something happen with this idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and they, and their reaction was kind of like, cool. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. They, they, I don't remember them kind of going, well, how can we help right now? It wasn't that kind of thing, but it was just like, yeah, you're, that's okay. You've come up with something yes. you believe in go do it they were encouraging they were encouraging it wasn't like oh come on now you yeah gotta you need to kidding. go get a real job yeah 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 you have to have your job now and something like that so so that's very important i think uh one of the things i would lift up at this point would be that uh, if you are young you know the listeners we have who may be teenagers or in their 20s gen z and this time of frame all that if you have a great belief that you come up with or that you think of, and you have not seen that in your mind play out in the world, please believe in it. Yes. Please don't let go of that. Right. Hang on to it, nurture it, and it has the chance to seed and come to life, you know, soon or at some point in your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, just don't let go of it because it hasn't happened yet. Or because you may get a negative reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe in it, hang on to it. Yes. So anyway, I made some notes about these ideas and life went on. And as Lee just said, I went out and got a job and all sorts <laughs> of other things happened. Went into a wonderful marriage and then kids started happening and all of, all of those things that happen in life. But I would think about this periodically or I would have some related idea come up with it where I kind of went, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of like common uniqueness or what I thought about. I just want to make a note about that. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't even remember where I was keeping these notes. They were some, I, they, I'm sure I was handwriting them or something like that. I think we got a safe sometime into our marriage, a small safe to keep valuables or something. Yes. And I think I popped them into there uh-huh. and would pull them out and write some more when, when they were going on. Yeah. And so I, I think the lesson learned for me out of that was there's a power to, if you have a simple thought thread that you think is important, like we talked about with common uniqueness, 
the power of continuing to periodically think about that, you start thinking about things that are connected. You start seeing dots that are connected to that idea and you start seeing things, Mm -hmm. but you see things that you wouldn't have seen without that idea. And then you get new ideas. Yes. And so uh, that's part of the power of keeping that alive. It's not just that original idea, but it's the power of observation that starts happening because your perspective and how you're viewing things has been altered a little bit. Mm -hmm. So again, we would say that that's a wonderful thing to go do. It's easier for growth in life to happen if you have some simple concepts. And, you know, one of the things that happened uh, as a result of that is, you know, you start having this deal of, oh, that's a really cool, simple idea. Decades later, we'll talk about this one, decades later, the notion of simple to complex to simple or wisdom popped into my head one day, decades later. Mm -hmm. And I actually think I can trace that all the way back to the very first idea. Probably. Having these threads of things. And and the whole time, Lee, there's voices, there's things that you're having to do in your life that encourage you to let those things go, mm-hmm. to drop them. Right. Okay, now you're into real life. Yeah. I don't have time for those silly teenage t- fantasies You don't anymore. have time to think about that. You don't have time to write about it. You don't have time to do podcasts about you. Just get on with things. Mm-hmm. And lots of times those things fade away if you don't nurture them and take care of them. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to I'm in my 40s. And I kind of go, yeah, I'm looking at these notes here. You know, I wonder if I ought to copyright these things. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not a book. Right. But let me go ahead and you know, protect the intellectual property. Absolutely. That's here. And so I got them copyrighted and, uh, you know, didn't go create a book or anything like that. Part of what was happening in this whole time is, of course, that like with music or with any kind of art form or writing, the capability to do things yourself, to self-publish, to self-record. Yes. All of those capabilities were wonderfully taking shape yes and so it, but at that point i was still kind of going yeah I'm, i may write a book and try to get this published mm-hmm. that was the really only alternative then fast forward then even more and i'm continuing to take notes and stuff in the late 2010s i reached a point in life where it's like now nah, i can go write a book and what should it be mm-hmm. and i'd written a novel called home out there Mm-hmm. That was in 2012. That was an earlier effort and a wonderful effort. I had to learn how to not write so many commas. <laughs> and my editors helped me with that because I love commas. And they, I, you've got a bazillion too many commas here. So there's always learnings to do while you're doing something with, like that, which is wonderful. I had, so I'd had at that point experience with writing a book and getting it published. And so the notion of, well, let me do a nonfiction thing here based on all of these notes didn't seem daunting. You want to have something where Mm -hmm. it's easy to conjure up, and particularly if it's something that you're wanting to influence your actions. Yes. If it isn't memorable and and you can't kind of instantly conjure it, Mm -hmm. then it's it's not going to really work. Right. And so, okay, I'm starting to write what became pictures out there. Okay, what's what's a model? for this uh, that we can use. And the best thing I could come up with at the time was what I call the three Ps. It's pictures and perspectives and process. You know, the alliteration thing seemed kind of cool and that kind of seemed like the best fit. And then in the course of writing the book, kind of toward the end of it, it was like, oh, there's this ideals thing. 
Yeah, where does that fit? I yeah, that seems like kind of a neat thing to talk about that. And so literally the last three or four chapters of pictures out there are kind of like, oh, they're kind of an, oh, by the way, <laughs> yes. there's these ideals. And uh, so that's, that's how the book got written. And I love that book. I think one of the things that we would lift up would be if you have ideas and you are wanting to communicate them outward. There is always that question of, have I thought about them enough? Are they full enough? Have, is my thinking complete enough? Mm-hmm. It's really a complex mm-hmm. kind of question. You know, mm-hmm. have, I, have I done that enough to where I'm ready to share it? Right. I don't want to put something out that's half-baked. I don't want to put something out that hadn't really been thought through. There's a balance to that. There is. There's a balance where it's kind of like, where you have to at some point go, I've thought about it enough. There's good stuff here. I know I'm going to alter my thinking some about it, but here it is. Yes. That's my thinking of the moment. Yeah. And I would always encourage that. Yeah. If we wait for perfection, it never comes. Yeah. And then what have we done? We've deprived others of having an opportunity to think some of our thoughts, react to some of our wisdom. And you'll use the phrase, was it, perfect is the enemy of oh yeah don't let perfect be the enemy of good yeah yeah it's it's absolutely relevant here yeah we're not advocating that you put out half-baked work yeah but if you hold it forever assuming that you'll attain obtain perfection you won't you'll never say anything and the downside of that is you're depriving others from the benefit of your experiences and your thoughts right right i had written pictures out there i was in the process of getting that published I'd gotten some proofs and I was sitting there and the idea popped into my head of, you know, people are doing podcasts now. I've had a little bit of curiosity about that and I go out and research things and it's kind of like, oh, well, I've recorded music albums and oh, you can use the same software that I've used (laughs) to record music albums to do podcasts. Yes. Gosh, it might be pretty cool to do podcasts of this content. Huh. Uh, do I want to do that by myself? No, that would be, it'd be more interesting to do it with somebody. Who could I do that with? So after he asked 17 people, <laughs> I was the 18th who said, man, that sounds interesting. Let's do it together. And I had one name and one picture that popped into my head <laughs> instantly. And it was Lee Stewart. And it, I've known Lee for 30 years now. Hmm. How might I float this by, Lee? And so I, I had a, a proof copy of the book. And my recollection, Lee, is that I, you were over here one time. And I like said, hey, I'd love for you. It's, it's not out all the way. I'm getting ready to hit publish. Yes. The publish button. Yes. But I'd love for you to read this. And Lee's an avid reader. I knew he'd read it in an hour. And let me know what you think. Yeah. And bless his heart, he came back, I think, a day <laughs> or two later and he said, I love this. This is great. And which was incredibly encouraging to have this brilliant, big hearted person that's been such a close friend give that feedback. But more than that, it was like, oh. And I, I think I immediately jumped to the close of, <laughs> so what would you like to do podcasts yeah. with me on this? And I, I, I considered that for about three seconds before <laughs> I said yes. And he said yes. Mm-hmm. And that's how this came about. Yeah. And, and so that's a lot of fun thinking about. So, so what has happened since then is more thinking, but really much more than that, the whole experience of doing the podcasts 
which forces you to take these concepts that are in a book and and really bring them to verbal life. Yes. And to bounce them back and forth has then caused all sorts of other thinking to happen. Lee and I, when we are done recording our podcasts, we usually sit here in the location, the recording studio that we have, and usually visit for 10, 15, 20 minutes about, you know, I, I thought about this while we were talking about yeah, this. I and, wish I had included and this. I, we could have done and, and so many of the ideas that are ads to ideals out there and new concepts have come from that whole process of recording the podcasts and then debriefing on them. Thoughts lead to new thoughts and dots connected lead to new dots connected. And so, so the whole process has just been so amazing and so beyond even the huge expectations that I had. So writing ideals out there now has been a great opportunity to add a bunch of content and concepts to the ideas, but it's really been an opportunity to create a different framework. And so one of the things that I certainly left writing pictures with is there's this three P's or three P's and an I that mm-hmm. kind of got added framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something better? Is there something simpler, clearer? And so what happened is, as we were having these podcasts, what hit me over the head was, you know, this concept of ideals is at least as big as the concept of pictures, mm-hmm. which was kind of the big concept. Mm-hmm. And ideals quickly became kind of the twin mm-hmm. to pictures. And so then you visually start going, okay, you have these two things. Pictures is this thing where you're going. Ideals is how you get there. Oh, Oh, we we start with where we are. Pictures is where we're going. It's that destination we like to get to, and arrows are taking us there. Mm-hmm. And while we're on that journey, ideals is how we ought to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And oh, and then oh, there's little helpful aids along the way. Life tools. Life tools. And the visual just became crystal clear. I will tell you, having written that, and it's included three or four places in the book to make that visual memorable. Mm-hmm. And that visual pops into my head 20 times a day. Now. Mm-hmm. Yes. As I'm thinking about things or figuring out what to do or da da da. And, and so that has been very powerful. So. We have these two big, simple things, pictures and ideals, we use to figure out where we want to go and how we're going to act, speak, and choose. The visual took shape, and then it was like, well, we have this new visual. What the heck were perspectives and process about that model from the first book? (laughs) And I basically ended up going, well, those really were tools. The three perspectives that we'll talk about in in the next podcast when we talk about life tools they really were more tools than a, you know, one big, huge concept. They were part of that toolkit. Yes. And process is the same thing. Yes. So that made it easy because I didn't want to lose those things. I think they were good. From that point on, then we have content that's coming out of the podcast. We have a model that's clear. And I'll tell you, ideals out there really essentially wrote itself with some masterful editing help that I do want to mention, uh, particularly from daughter Ellie. She was Mm, mm. an incredible editor Mm -hmm. on this book. And one of our ideals, Lee, is help. Yeah. Ask for help. Ask for help. Give help when asked. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a great example of it. And I'm very grateful for her work on it. So let's share a few stories about the 
topics in the book. We talked about common uniqueness was the starting point. I had a while where I would say common uniqueness or we're the same and we're unique. And mm-hmm. I ended up dropping common uniqueness. We're the same and we're unique seemed to be clearer, more pointed. And so uh, that's that's how this teenager's thought morphed a little bit into an ideal. Mm-hmm that I very strongly still believe in Mm -hmm. and it's about living your own life. Uh, I will tell you that was one of those things where I realized early on that having an ideal like that or thinking that way or talking about some of these ideas would uh, kind of make me an oddball in some situations. Uh, I've been told that vocationally, you know, you don't really fit here. Yeah. (laughs) We love, we love you, but you really, why are you here? You really don't fit here. And I, I have gotten very comfortable being an oddball and I don't seek to be one, but if in the course of what I'm naturally doing, if that's the reaction I get from people or a certain audience, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And you've, Mm -hmm. you have had the same thing rightly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think particularly when you're younger and you've not yet attained a level of maturity, there's an ego hit there, right? Ooh, I really desperately want to fit into whatever context seems most desirable. But for me, at least, through maturing, you go, no, these are my beliefs, my pictures, my ideals. Um, I think that I'm going to live life by my rules as long as I'm not harming others. If I'm making a contribution in the way I see fit, then I'm good with being called an oddball. And the point isn't to be an oddball or weird for the sake. No. Oh, being I, weird. That's, I never set out to be that's, one. That's pointless, right? Right, right. I never set out to be one. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be iconoclastic. You yeah. Know? I'm going to be Andy Warhol <laughs> on purpose. No, no. Yeah. So anyway, that clearly became a, sing, uh, a first ideal. Then it was kind of like, well, what are the other two or three things that you most believe in? Mm-hmm. That if you could look back on your life and kind of go, golly, I, I certainly wasn't perfect but I tried as much as I could to do X or Y. And these other two ideals popped up immediately. And one was help. Yes. And we talked about that, that you help and help others. And we call these, uh, I, I will use the phrase pop-up ideals. And we should say they should ever stop being pop-up ideals. They are ones where people will like go, oh yeah, it's good to help each other. It's the the quote that's in your feed on Facebook, yeah. it's always good to help or somebody going that or your, your religious experience, you know, reminds you of the text and in a scripture that mm-hmm. are about helping people and you mm-hmm. keep that front of mind for an hour or two and then it's on to life. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just seemed very clear to me that over time that the complexities of life and the fears and doubts they create can just cause us to lose focus or to lose faith in really simple truths that are in our heart and soul. It's always good to help one another. That's a simple truth. Yeah, it just stop right there. Right. Why would we not try as much as we could to be thinking about that every second of our life? In what context would that not be proper? Yeah. Right. Why, why would that be the wrong thing to do? And why should I need to be reminded of a Facebook feed that that is a truth? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we ended up saying that's an ideal. As much as possible, it's what we do. It's what we should constantly think about. It should be how we make choices and decisions throughout our life. And you also, at the same time, have to acknowledge, which I certainly have, 
is that I'm never going to be perfect at doing it. I'm going to make no. mistakes every day. And so you, you end up, in my mind, you end up having to live with the fact of always falling short of this concept. Mm-hmm. It's an ideal. Mm-hmm. It is aspirational. Yes. You are never going to fully attain it, and that's okay. okay. It's not okay, though, to, if you know that's how you ought to be living your life, to just drop it. And kind of go, okay, now for the next work week, yeah, I don't have to think about that. Right, and right. Then, so, yeah. so and the other pop-up. Or the corollary to that is, oh, I had a moment where I really was helpful to someone else. I'll check that box for the month. Yeah. I'll pick that up again next month. Fulfill that quota. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we do that. Mm-hmm. We do that. We kind of go, that's enough for other people. Now it's about me. Yes. And as we have said, help is absolutely two-way. Yes, it is two way. And so the, the, and I was really poor at this as a teenager into my twenties and really into my thirties, I had a problem with asking for help Mm -hmm. and I don't now. I'm happy to ask other people who can help me and make something better. I'm happy to ask. Yes. So, so what's the third one? Cause I, I like threes. I'm kind of a threes guy. That's easy to remember. There's something physiological about threes I've read sometime where there's a reason why that works as a memory device or something. I don't know. Yeah. Just go with it. Go with it. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing it. And the third one was love. And so we, to me, it's like we need to love one another and the love is absolutely one of these periodic messages. You know, Oh, by the way, love your neighbor. Right. Oh, by the way, you know, love is the most important thing. Oh, by the way. It's the holiday season, so infuse it with love for infuse everyone. It with love. That'll go away in three weeks, and then uh, you can go back to being your horrible, miserable self yeah, again. Yeah, okay, right. we did that. As Lee said, we checked the box. Okay, now can we get back, please, to competition, to every person for themselves, complexity, fear, doubt, please? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No more pop-up for that. No more checklist for that. It's an ideal it's what we do. It's what we constantly think about or should. It should be how we make choices and decisions. And with all that being said, I'm never going to be perfect at it. Right. And that's okay. I'm never going to love perfectly. I wish I could, mm-hmm. but I'm never going to. And I need to live with that mm-hmm. and just keep it front and center. So that's we, we're underscoring that because that really is the point of ideals is that you are trying. Yes. You're trying your best to live that way and you are forever and constantly forgiving yourself Mm -hmm. for falling short Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. So now we have clarity on the out there model and visually what it looks like and with the ideals identified and we moved on then to pictures and some of the pictures in the new book were updates from the pictures out there book and then some were completely new. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of briskly go through these and you can read these on your own the the general tone or or what we picked as the target for these pictures was big social issues and we described how the world could be different yes and we want to underscore that you can have a picture for the smallest individual thing you were doing mm-hmm. i want to read more my picture is that i read 10 books a month mm-hmm. you know, it can be very very personal, just about you. It can be about your community, your family, your group of friends. Mm -hmm. It can be about 
a picture for something that your company is trying to do, your organization. It works at all of those levels. We pointedly picked out big social issues, big to show how much it can work at that level. Yes. Hopefully leading you, the reader, to go, well, if it could work at that, it could work at every other level. Correct. And we would say yes. Yes. So spirituality. We mainly in our picture of spirituality have this idea of love first. And it's this idea that whatever your religion, whatever your spirituality, there is a community on the globe for us to create that's sitting there waiting for us to create of people who would put love first right. as their foremost spiritual belief. Yes. Yeah. Other dogma may follow that, yeah. but it begins with love. Yeah. Yep. We had a picture of physicality. And that's an ideal based picture that really goes to the fact that we're each unique and that uh, a spirituality picture that embraces diversity, that embraces the diversity of creation, and that just encourages us to love our physical selves, whatever form they may be in. And I will tell you, this is one of the interesting things to me is when you create a picture, lots of times you're thinking about it being something to change the external world and change other people. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that creating the picture of spirituality and creating the picture of physicality has changed how I feel about me. Mm -hmm. And that's a surprise Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like, I, I have always been pretty comfortable with my physical self. I've tried not to be judgmental about different things, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you, I, I've never been more comfortable with myself physically or spiritually than I am right now. And that's been kind of a, whoa, what's, what's going what's, on, what's going what's on with that? Yeah. And so I will tell you that that's in store for you, the yeah. listener, our audience. When you go create these pictures, you're going to get the very pleasant surprise of your own perspective about yourself will changing. Change. And I'll tell you, that's a delighter. Yeah. Oh man, that feels good. Yeah. So we tried to have some sequencing of these. We went to n- another picture next about minimizing or as much as possible eliminating violence. And that seemed to be a good one to follow physicality and spirituality. Almost all of our pictures are ones, as we describe them, that humanity has never done before, at least to any great extent. Right. So the idea of really minimizing violence. It's never been sustained. It's never been sustained or really systematized. And so, you know, it's a great example of how lots of times we have to work so much harder because you don't do something the right way the first time. Mm -hmm. Our our picture of violence is talking about how society can figure out how to squelch small little acts of violence that start a cycle toward the bigger acts of violence. And we say we've got to be better custodians of that and caretakers of that and squelch small acts of violence when they first happen mm-hmm. and help people through that. And it's, it's very much Lee, I kind of allude to having shoddy workmanship on something and somebody, you know, okay, can you go build this or go do that? And somebody does a crappy job and then they have to go fix it. Right. And they have, and, and fix and, it again. And they can never make it as good as it would have been if they would have just done it right the first time. Yes. So yeah. that, that's a lot of the spirit behind that. Yeah. I think it's important to remind everyone here, when we're talking about violence, we mean violence in all of its manifestations. Yeah. Physical, yeah. Verbal, verbal, mental, spiritual. Everything. 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 Great. And humor was another picture. That was a new one. 
seemed to be kind of an interesting, good choice to follow violence. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that is we ended up saying that there are humor, humor boundaries that we own for ourselves. Um, Lee owns the right to say what he thinks is funny about himself. About me. That's not other people's deal to dictate that. Right. And so he owns those boundaries. He may think some things are funny about himself that that uh, we would go, well, he probably wouldn't think that was very funny if I joked about that. Mm-hmm. And then he probably has a number of things. It's like, no, I'd rather not joke, have you joke about that, that somebody might think was harmless. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and I own the same thing. We all do. And we're saying that those boundaries exist or should exist, much like we now much more recognize physical boundaries that we each have, yes. that we own our bodies and other people can't come into those boundaries uh, if we don't want them to. Yes. So from there, we kind of said, oh, what? let's get into some, some big dogs here. Okay, the first big dog, money and materialism. Oh, boy. So is there a way that we can speak to how we would deal with money and materialism in a way? And so we ended up kind of describing a picture where there are restrainers in society to just ridiculous addictive greed Mm -hmm. and you know where people are making money or hoarding wealth well beyond any reasonable means that they have and we ended up saying there's also on the other hand a a need for people to work there's a joy to work there's a joy to being part of society yes and and that's having a job or if it's doing something that you get paid for, but that the government or society finds valuable, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be, there is a value to that. That's part of being in society and part of life. And so we put a picture that kind of added those two things together. Mm -hmm. It's very doable. It's very doable. And we ended up saying, oh, that would be really interesting to have a picture about government. And the government picture that we have, we talk about the fact that almost every big social problem that we have in the world today cannot be solved by nations. Mm-hmm. They are global issues. They are things that go across the boundaries we try to set up. <laughs> yes. And we either work at cross purposes with other nations or our individual nation's effort just isn't effective. Mm-hmm. And so we've said, mm, we need another form of government. And that's a total mind blower yeah. for some people. It's like, seriously, we would be moving toward a global government Yes. And we're saying, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can do that. Because the individual nation states right now aren't solving these problems. And we're ignoring the fact that they can't solve them. Yeah. And we're just wishing and hoping that they would. And we have to have something new. And so one of the reasons, it's a good point here to underscore that at different times, we open our podcasts with these questions and we close with them where we say, what's your picture? What are your ideals? And this is really important to say that's, that is in no fashion. And hopefully it's never been heard that way. It's kind of like, well, we've got a picture. What's yours? The tone of it is the entire opposite of that is an incredibly respectful. We're putting forward a picture here. This is ours. We want to know what yours is. Yes. We would say, you know, somebody might ask me and I've been asked, well, what if somebody's picture is the opposite of yours? Or what if you think it's, you know, bad? Is it good that they're creating a picture of that? And I would go, yes, yes, it is. We need to learn from one another's pictures. We need to talk through it and mm-hmm. we need to be oriented toward making the future that we want 
and have the conversation be about that. And it rarely is. It rarely is. So we keep saying that because we want to encourage all of you to create your own pictures, your own pictures. Yes. If they happen to coincide with ours, that's a beautiful thing. Sure, we'd love that. If they are a little different or if they're a lot of different, they are what they are. That's great. That's great. We'll learn from them. We'll learn from them. We'll talk about them. We'll share them. And we do the same thing with ideals. If love and help and we're the same and we're unique work for you, beautiful. Great. Great. If you have some different things that are the, the ideal things that you want to strive toward in your life that you want to keep front of mind, Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we always have that invitation and hope that everybody would take advantage of that. So some of these additional ones, global environment, that was a picture from the first book. We just said, yeah, that's a layup. It's a dunk in our own basketball verbiage as sports <laughs> fans. And that one just seems ridiculously easy to solve. And we, of course, haven't yet. Right. But it just seems very easy to do. We had a new picture that came up called Equality for All. And that's one that has become very important to me uh, just in the course of doing our podcast. And Lee and I spent some time on that. And it's just the simple notion that every person on earth matters equally and is of equal worth and equal value. And, and that's a such an important picture from my point of view in terms of is our society, is our species going to get all this stuff solved or mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. We had a uh, picture on justice and penance. My sister Krista Fogelman helped on that one, and that was a, a wonderful process. Part of the outcome of that is to again say, and it's the follow up to equality, we all unconditionally matter the same. We're all imperfect and make mistakes. They may be small mistakes, they may be big crimes and Mm -hmm. everything in between, but they are mistakes. And on all those, we believe in having more of a penance and restitution uh, set of outcomes to get things to the right place as opposed to just let me punish you. Yes. Yeah. So education, this was fun to do with the professor that's sitting across from me right now. (laughs) And Lee and I did this one together and, and put forward a new picture for education. We'll let you read that picture. It's quite a bit different than how education is handled today. I think we can tease that just by saying, why don't we begin at a very young age in a person's life to teach them ideals? Not necessarily our ideals, but to teach them to develop their own and discuss them. And then the life tools, which we're going to discuss in some depth in our next podcast. Why not begin that as part of our formal educational systems and processes now, rather than just having subject matter-based or content-based education, which is important, but needs to be supplemented with these other tools. And a lot more uh, teaching about how to learn. How to learn. How to learn. How do you develop critical thinking skills? Uh, What is curiosity? How do you maintain curiosity? How do you ask questions? How do you ask questions? How do you listen? De-emphasize rote memorization. Yeah. De-emphasize, well, the teacher said this. Yeah. 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 And again, we think that one is sitting there, but it would be a big, big change. AI. We were very happy to have a picture of AI in the first book. It was uh, hardly getting talked about back then. Mm -hmm. People in technology were talking about it quite a bit. And, and dealing with it and doing some things with it. But in terms of kind of a, for a book like this, it was a pretty strange topic to have in some people's mind. Now, 
here six or seven years later, it's front of mind with virtually everybody. Yes. And so we have updated that section a little bit. We had put in a simplified golden rule into this book from the updated golden rule that we had in pictures out there. And it's a, a way to see ourselves differently in the scheme of life and of creation. And so that one's been a lot of fun. And we're going to continue to talk a lot about AI. We added a picture in uh, ideals out there that ended up calling this a bit of a mouthful, power, leadership, allegiance, and influence. We have those things together because we think they tend to get dealt with in um, a, a what we'll call a power system or a community or a group, you end up dealing with power. You end up dealing with leadership. Mm -hmm. You end up deal, dealing with group allegiance. And how is influence happening in that whole dynamic? And so we put in a picture for that, uh, that for power and leadership, just to give you an example, involves a lot about sharing. Yes. And that great leaders share power. Yes. And they share their leadership. Yeah. And the simplicity of that, and then talk about allegiance to ideals as opposed to allegiance to people. And that those who share their power and leadership are usually the ones that have the most influence. Correct. The biggest impact. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't that weird that when people share their power with us, then we're much more likely to want to actually listen to them mm -hmm. and be influenced by them. Mm -hmm. What a weird thing. Yes. <laughs> Counterintuitive. And when that actually gets done, it's fairly rare. When that actually gets done, it looks miraculous to people on the outside. And they kind of go, you know, wow, you have a, you're just so lucky to have a great team. Or you're so lucky to have a, it's kind of like, there's not really any luck to it. No, 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 it really it's, it's purposeful. It's purposeful. We talked about a new picture for, and these aren't the greatest words, but what else would you use? Input and output. <laughs> and that really is getting the fact that we have messaging and media and things coming at us 50 million miles an hour every mm -hmm. second of every day mm -hmm. that we call that the input. And how do you sort through all of that mm -hmm. and to get at what's true or what is most important to you? And then output is, oh, I have this expectation then correspondingly to speak, to say stuff, to write stuff, to tell people stuff, to do all that. How, yes. do, I, how do I deal with that? And that's more complicated than ever. Mm -hmm. And so we have a picture about how you would do that in a way that's very much influenced by ideals and also by the wisdom tool teaser that we'll talk about in our next podcast. And so the last individual picture that we had was a late ad to the book and it was about making choices. And that was kind of a one that uh, I wrestled with. And I think Lee and I talked about for a while, can you actually create a picture for how you or how society or again, any group would make choices and decisions? decisions. Is that a picture right. for how you do that? And we ended up after thinking about it for a while and it's kind of like, and then bingo, it was like, Oh, the answer to that's pretty obvious. And again, we'll let you read the book to see what this obvious answer turned <laughs> out to be. Yes. Uh, but it is obvious. It is. And that's, and again, it's one of those, it's amazingly powerful. If you already have a picture in your mind about how you're going to make choices and decisions, and then one pops up and they come up constantly and you instantly, have that picture in your mind, man, that helps. Mm -hmm. It just simplifies, clarifies, keeps you calm mm -hmm. and gives you reassurance about how to move forward with your choices. So all of these pictures together 
you look at them and then you kind of go, well, are they one big picture? Are they complementary? Do some work against the others? And I think one of the things that is a real joy out of this is for the pictures that we have created, they are really complementary. They really, really work great together. They together reflect a really different world that we could be living in if we just made some different choices yes. and moved toward them. So again, as we've described, pictures work at every level. There's nothing in our thinking or experiences that's changed that thought that we shared in pictures out there. And it just reinforces the basic truth that at any level, individual, all the way up to global and everything in between, the concepts can be used and can be applied. Yes. So we like to close with a moment of optimism, momentum, and gratitude. And I think to conclude this podcast, it's appropriate to say first, thank you, Dave. Thank you for having that idea as a teenager that in that moment you called common uniqueness. And here we are all those years later. It's grown into a wonderful gift that you've given us all for our introspection and consideration. So thank you for that. And thank you. It has been hugely shaped, as I note in ideals out there, it has been <laughs> hugely shaped by our friendship, yes, by our communication, by our, in a positive way, challenging each other and yeah. challenging ideas and having that back and forth that always yields something better. Well, just to say that I'm grateful for being a small part of this would be an understatement, but indeed I am. So Dave and I both would say we've had so many wonderful models for how to live well. People, ideas, the ideas in the books, pictures out there and now the new book ideals out there the dots that are connected through years of observation it's all because of wonderful people who have taught us mentored us modeled showed the way forward to each of us having our best unique life and all of this together we believe can be a path forward to a better world so we close as dave referenced several minutes ago by asking these questions what are your ideals? We'd like for you to develop them and understand them and share them. What are your pictures? What are your actions to take and your influence to use? Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about Pictures Out There at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures. <laughs>